when we look at our parents or maybe even grandparents who have been receiving some kind of appreciation pin or some kind of symbol for working there for years, we're like, what? We're, we're even younger than how long you have been working there. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, morning, wherever you are in the world right now. It's 2020 and happy new year and welcome back to Social Confos. We're in 2022 actually, Diego. How does it feel? It feels actually the same. It, it doesn't feel like we took a break last week um, as we closed out the year, but yeah, it feels like the same, just a weekly routine, just with another denominator added to the <laughs> announcements 2022. So welcome to the first episode, actually episode 51. It will be easier to number now. Uh, it will be, right? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do today? Yeah. So I think we're going to kick off 2022 with, I don't want to say a bang, but usually people start off the year with, you know, a different mindset about new year's resolutions. And we actually have someone here who's all about mindset, who's all about positivity, who's all about improving, you know, your, yourself. And we have to, not tonight, yeah, tonight for her in the afternoon for us with us, Reina Weisman. And I've known Reina actually since, how long has it been now? 15 years. We've actually been in high school together and we played volleyball together, the Pre Athenaeum and DSEX. So that's uh, where I know, know her from. And shortly after that, I think she went to study abroad, came back, worked at a local corporate here, also did some projects together with her. And now she's back in the Netherlands pursuing a professional career as a corporate recruit recruiter. She'll tell us all about that in a GP. And she also had a I guess a platform called Equals Positivity. Back in the day, I think it's six, seven years ago now. That's when I uh, reconnected with her again, where she, you know, allowed millennials, especially a platform to share their struggles, share their wins to others. So to encourage, inspire them. And she kind of transformed that into, correct me if I'm wrong later, Reina, from fearful to phenomenal, uh, a different pl platform on coaching and mindset. So Reina, without further ado, welcome to Social Convos. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. What a nice intro. And you're completely correct. <laughs> Everything you said. I find it really funny that basically we went to the school, same high school, but I've never like met you guys before, like the work environment. So I, I find that very, very interesting, but that's how how you guys make me feel old right now, even though I'm not really that old. But, but Reina, so I think, first of all, you put on a very nice shirt for those listening to the recording, won't be able to see it, but people watching it live or watching it on YouTube will be able to view it. So could you share with us what the shirt is that you just pulled aside? Yeah, I just, I just ran <laughs> just to take it. This is my, one of the merchandise. Um, items I, I sell for, from Fearful to Phenomenal. 
I've been using this quote, like positivity be your engine for quite a while now, since actually my previous platform equals positivity. At first, I wanted to wear it in one of, um, 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 in a music video that I was going to be featured in. It was a positive kind of song and I thought, okay, let me wear it. And then after that, I went to a place with some friends and someone asked me, Hey, where can I buy that shirt? I was like, you want to buy this? Okay. So now I'm actually also selling it and also as part of like a, an affirmation basically to use, you know, to find all kind of positivity, even in all kind of positive messages, even in negative situations. And in the front, you have the From Fearful to Phenomenal, which is my, my platform now. So hold on. So a music video, tell us about this music video. How did that end up in the music space? Well, I was afraid of people around me. And this is a music video from Jar Reflection. Also, uh, Surinamese, Eglis are actually a mixed kind of band, but I think it's mostly Surinamese people here in the Netherlands and uh, good friends of mine. And the, the song is called Jaja Uma, which means like, yeah, how to translate that in proper English, like a real woman, a strong woman, yeah, authentic woman. I don't know how to best translate it, but yeah. So in, I was asked to be in that video, not I said featured, but I mean like just in the video clip, I'm not singing or anything with my daughter and yeah. That's how it went. So I want to, of course, jump straight into the, to the topics that we want to talk about. Dean already said it. There's a lot of positivity. We need positivity a lot right now in the world. And, and, and the thing that's, is keeping me occupied a lot and something that you've come across as well is we struggle sometimes with differences between generations and the way things are approached, whether it's from a business perspective or from a personal perspective. Of course, there's a lot of diversity within a generation, but I do notice that, that there are different generations. And you specifically mentioned focusing a lot on millennials and helping to inspire millennials. So what have you found like is different between like the millennial kind of generation and, and other generations? Mostly that we are, I say we because I'm also a millennial, mostly because we are very much facing certain kind of goals, big goals. We do not need all the steadiness. And then when I say steadiness, I mean, for example, being at one employer for like 20 plus years, when we look at our parents or maybe even grandparents who have been receiving some kind of appreciated appreciation pin or some kind of symbol for working there for years. We're like, what? We're, we're even younger than how long you have been working there. So we're really a generation that tries to make a difference and, but also in between, because of course we have our parents who say no, but be careful. You know, but then we have our own mind like, no, but we're going to do it different. But we do have the guts though. And we do have the, the, how you say that the internet, all the, the tools basically that are being reached out to us to actually make that difference. Although we're kind of in between those thoughts sometimes that mostly I think. So just for a reference to the listeners, uh, cause I often, yeah, I, I assume many people wonder, are they a millennial? Are they considered Gen Z? Are they considered a boomer? So just for this frame of reference that we, when we're using the term millennial, what people, what 
what kind of demographics are we looking at? How, you already gave some characteristics, uh, etc. But who would you consider a millennial? I'm quickly looking up the the what you say. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the I'm, I'm doing the same thing. So so we we have the the boomers. Boomers are kind of like born straight after the Second World War from from 1945 up until the early mid 60s. And then you have the Gen X, that's basically the generation that kind of now has to control the world and they be full responsible ones. And those were born like 65 up till 80, 1980. And then basically Gen, the millennials, the Gen Y starts around late seventies, early eighties up until the, I think two thousands or even now, maybe 90, right. 90, late nineties. And then the Gen Z, that's kind of the. 96 to 2010 generation. That's kind of the generation that when they grew up, the internet was already there in some shape or form. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we have a reference, how would you say, cause you, you mentioned parenting, you mentioned, you know, career wise, they're switching from jobs every now, every, every year, every two years, every six months, even. And how has, in your opinion, like that change shifted in generations? Is it cause of environment access to the internet? What do you feel like impacted that change from a mindset, a psychological perspective the most? That's a really, really a good question. The first thing that pops up is reflecting because I mean, from a young age, you look at your parents and say, Hey, I want to be just like my dad or like my mom who is a dentist or uh, a teacher, but I think with our generation, that switched a little bit because as you're growing up, maybe you see like, for example, what kind of good example can I give that maybe you learn that it's actually more about having stable financial status or, you know, there's some goal behind it. And then you realize, okay, but that goal can also be reached when I want to pursue this kind of dream or this kind of career. I think we're being exposed more with reflection and with the possibilities that everything that we want to do is, is it's possible, you know, the opportunities that we're going to say. So I think mostly reflection and really trying to stay close to ourselves. I think our parents, and this is just like something in general, I'm not saying every parent is like that, but. I think maybe also our parents have learned that they shouldn't push things upon us, like how maybe their parents pushed uh, a company onto them or a certain kind of career choice. I think they kind of got less strict with us than how our parents were. And this goes again, generations after, because even also different than towards my daughter, than how my parents were to me. So. Every generation, you know, you learn something and I think we were either lucky enough to see certain things. So I'm really talking so general. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being very big, No, no, I actually but... <laughs> want to jump in here. Yo, do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, I just wanted to bring up the comment. Seth says, I think we have become more self-aware and he's uh, greeting us from Stockholm. So oh, nice. glad to have you on here and that we can accommodate to your time zone. <laughs> yeah, because uh, both of saying guys, your guys are early. I'm still at the office. So, so what, so what I really, uh, because 
sometimes like there's also part saying and that's the reason i i wanted to send you a video earlier on on the false narrative or the false promise that in some sense yes you can do everything you want and you can do everything you set your mind to i think that's very very much the mindset of of a lot of millennials but on the other side it takes some effort like it's not for free it's like it's not like oh i can do this and i can do whatever i want in the world and i just and I, I get it handed to me. Right. And I think the millennials are like the first generation that really hit the brick wall on that, thinking like, okay, my parents told me I can do anything in the world. And they actually figured out like, wait, if I just go there and I say like, give me, give me it on a silver platter, it's like, bam, no, you're not getting it without doing anything. So, so do you feel like some people in our generation are not necessarily tricked? but kind of follow the false narrative of saying like, okay, yeah, I can achieve anything. And then actually not being aware enough to realize and starting out with something and completely falling flat on their face. Yeah, I think, and that's also why I said in the beginning that maybe we're in between because we're being exposed to certain things in the media and especially social media. And on the other hand, we have the the history, so to say, of, you know, we need steadiness, we need to go to follow this and that path, but then we have ourselves whereby we need to make a choice. So I think it's really up to us as a person to find things out, to research, because we have enough resources. We really have enough resources and we just have to form our own reality, our, our own opinion and then take action. And also what I feel a lot with my coaches is you know, really taking action because if you keep doing research, but you're not doing it, then you're not going to figure out what you're capable of. You know, you could be a good researcher, but you got to take action too, in order to come closer to your goal or get closer to your goal. So yeah, if it's a false narrative, it's up to us, honestly. I, I, I do think that, I guess that false narrative gets uh reinforced by the technology and social media that we have now because if, if you look at the the trends the 25 30 year olds to 35 year olds if you look at the content creators the self-made millionaires posting on instagram posting on youtube posting on twitter that kind of paints an image for the, the rest of society the rest of the communities that okay if they can do it we can also do it but what often gets left behind in in that glamour is all, all the hard work or you know sometimes it's luck but there's a lot of hard work and consistency that builds up over what five ten years before they reach that success and people don't see that they just get exposed to the end goal and i think that reinforces the the thought of you know entitlement that yeah uh, and that instant gratification we, we want it now so how would you say uh, you being a mother now the a decent way to uh, approach that to not have people be so entitled and, you know, be more, yeah, reflective, as you said. I think also research the path that people have been walking. And I mean, even you on your platform here, Social Confos, you're talking to people who are still on their way towards some kind of legacy. And that's why I also started my podcast to share journeys of people who are just around us, not per se at the top yet. You know, because then you realize like, hey, I'm not the only one 
struggling to achieve this and that. I think it's really doing the research also on how people got there. So there are enough documentaries, for example, also to learn how they got there, how they were actually first tumbling down, doing maybe a whole kind of, were maybe in a whole other kind of business before they actually did what they wanted to do. I actually, I think it was last week when I saw that KFC, he started his business when he was, what was it, 67 or yeah. something like that? I mean, those things, I mean, it's nice to, to see those things and to realize that you will have to go through certain kind of battlefield, maybe to get to where you want to go. So I think, I think it's also the idea that you have to figure it out immediately. Like it's, it's thing, but then again, you also mentioned that our generation is kind of the generation that they want something different every now and then. So how do you feel like, and, and especially as, as in, in the future and also from a corporate perspective and finding the right fit for companies. How, how realistic is it now? Like to give you a little bit of context, one of the biggest issues that we have in, in Suriname and the mobile is finding the right people for certain kinds of jobs, especially certain kinds of management positions where it's already difficult in all of the world because we see people like all the time deciding to quit working at a job because they have had some online success or whatever. And then on top of that, you have like an economy where like people are saying less, wait, if I can actually, if I'm good enough to get a job in, in the US or Europe for a certain pay grade, and I have to stay in Suriname and I only get like a fourth of that, and I'm still in the position to switch, maybe I should switch now and I can completely not blame them. So all of a sudden you have this situation where like good companies are looking for like top level employees, but they can't find them. And with the, also the amount of millennials saying like, Hey, I want to do a career switch. I don't want to do this anymore. Are, are companies in trouble in that sense? I don't think they're in trouble. I think they have to re-strategize in terms of if we keep looking for people to stay within a company for 20 plus years, you can basically close the doors because these generations and the, the generations that are following after us. They're not going to stay too long. So I would say to re-strategize and say, you know, how can we simulate actually their growth because their growth, the employees, their growth is our growth as well. If the, if the people are satisfied in our company, then maybe they, they stay a bit longer and a bit longer could be like a year. That's a yay for the <laughs> employer. Yeah, employer, but also, you know, you really contributed to somebody's growth and at the same time to your, your company's growth. I think that, and maybe also to find other ways to make it more comfortable for employers, employees, sorry. So things like how we're now forced to work at home. I don't know how it is now in Suriname, but you cannot go back to saying, okay, five weeks at the office. So. How are you going to make it more comfortable and make it more fun also? And, you know, focusing on that point and focusing on what is the English word for it? Is it work pressure or? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's work pressure. Like, yeah. It's work pressure. Also kind of the, the expected output, like from a mental and, and physical perspective, working 60 hours a week, those kind of like, that's, that's important. It's important to be there and no, it's, it's, it's yeah. definitely difficult. Yeah. Definitely. And also the trust. I mean, I know it needs to be built, it takes, it takes time, but the more you focus on those things, you realize that you get 
employees who actually want to work with you. I want to go into, so you have filled corporate positions. You have, you know, worked with people, helped them choose their path. And now you're a, you know, a professional recruiter and et cetera. If you look at the different positions you've had and in the different companies, corporations you've worked and also are recruiting for from an employer's perspective, how have these corporations shifted in their mindset or policies on profit maximization versus, you know, value maximization for their employees? I'm going to be really honest with you that in that, how you say that, from that point of view, I only, I was going to say this year, but only recently last year started as a corporate recruiter because I thought it was more in line with where I want to go. But in terms of the switch, I'm not sure how they actually did that. But what I see now from uh, different employers is that here, at least, they really focus on making the employees as happy as they can be with different, not per se tools, but like working from home, you know, putting the emphasis on those kind of things, focusing on like you can follow any kind of training. Yeah. So basically what I said to focus on that, that they did that. I don't so, know. It's, 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 I do have to ask this now. <laughs> I'm stuttering a little bit because I mean, you also, I mean, with your platforms, especially Growth Positivity, you've spoken to, you've blocked as well, but you've spoken to people from the Caribbean, from the US, from, from Europe. So, so, and I love Jennifer saying like retention strategy, but I, I do have to ask, like, are retention strategies more important in Western countries? Like, is it like, listen, we can have, we have so many opportunities. We're just going to leave and you have to do something to keep us here versus developing countries. Is, is that something that's, that's, that's different? Are you saying like, no, basically all the countries in the world are struggling with, with this problem of keeping your employees because if, if they are not satisfied, they just leave. Indeed, if we, if we get a better offer somewhere else, you, yeah, you cannot really keep for high to that. You cannot really hold on to people just like that. I mean, everybody has a choice, I think, but that's really me thinking because I'm not long enough in the business of recruitment, but indeed I've been working in different countries over the world. I experienced that here in the, in, let's say in the USA and in, but maybe more in the Netherlands. They just really focus on, in general from the get-go on your, you as a person. And maybe also with a distance though, because that's just the culture, but like, like the personal development for, you know, they are training, they really have different platforms that are now basically standard. But yeah, I think, I think it's something from here. Okay. So then let, let's flip, flip it a bit from a employee standpoint, uh, and also from a mindset standpoint, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, the journey of equals positivity and transforming that platform in what it is today. So you started out, you know, trying to give people a platform to express themselves, to share their stories. And you've interviewed a, a lot of people with their stories. And let's reflect back. If you look back where, when you started out, are there any stories in particular that stand out that that gave you an eye-opening moment and that, you know, kind of impacted you personally as well as you continued your journey as a millennial in your career. It might sound pretty safe, but I think all the stories that I have 
posted on Equals Positivity and that I hear now as a coach, they're eye-opening because it seems like, okay, I'm talking to real people now. I'm not talking to people on social media who have these perfect posts and maybe sometimes a little struggle. And then they're like, okay, I'm good again. The first thing that came up uh, was a story of Adam Huthart. He is a, a pilot. To the pilot in English air, aircraft. And I mean, it was a little boy's dream. And all of a sudden, a lot of, you know, investments, and then you cannot get a job as a pilot. So he went everywhere in the, in the world, in the world, so to say, to find the job, just to, yeah, just to find the job. And that actually, and he was still in the process when I interviewed him then. And now I don't know exactly today what he's doing, but I know he is, he's a pilot in Europe and sometimes Asia, I believe. And to me, it was really like, you have to be consistent and you have to just keep going and find different solutions. And that was exactly what I wanted to share with Equals Positivity. Like, first of all, you're not the only one. You might have a whole other journey. You might, you might want to pursue a whole other dream, but it's really a matter of finding in a whole other country, maybe, to see how you can achieve it. And in every story, I just hear that again, you know, it's not something overnight. And really what you were talking about, Chan-Luc, that we might think that because we see it on social media, we see the people having more and more followers because they're already there. But there's also me, for example, I have, what, 800 followers. I'm not there yet, but I'm doing it. And... So we have a whole lot of other people right around around us who we can who we can learn from. It's also entertainment. Yep. It's also entertainment value and why people follow you. Like it's it's and this is like there's the story of a of a an Instagram model, an Instagram influencer who had over a million subscribers and she couldn't sell like what was it, fifty two T shirts or even less. So it's, it's also kind of this gravitating towards what is important for you. And, and I think most of millennials, we as millennials, we kind of get lost. We figure it out eventually, but we get trapped into these new shiny objects that are like, Hey, that's new. That's interesting. Where probably the generations before us were like, listen, this is fake. This is a scam. We're not even going to go into it. And then I think the next generation are like, there's so many like bright, shiny objects that they really could get lost, but then again, they're better equipped because they grew up in the time of the internet. Whereas most millennials, and I think towards the end of the millennial generation, it's a little less, but especially the, the millennials that are from the, from the eighties, especially early eighties, we really still experience the pre pre internet life. I, I do feel, and that's why I want to talk a little bit more about the, the positivity is that you can get really get, get trapped. Like it's, it's so polarizing now at the moment that it's often at a certain point, discussions go into a, a, a narrative where one wants to give their opinion about something and also wants to convince another person like, but I believe this and you should too. And because this polarizing world of two different opinions where one group says like, but this is the truth. And the other group says like, this is the truth. And like, I really want for people that are listening in and find this sounding slightly familiar because their experiences did 
So how do you turn that into positivity? How do you, when you're in a situation where either you yourself or somebody close to you really goes so deep into rabbit hole that you're like, yeah, but that's not for me. Like, how do you turn it into something positive? It comes back to the same thing. What I said earlier, when it comes to research, like actually basically cleaning up your following list who you're following, because obviously you get drawn into it because you have your, your new feed and however they designed everything is just drowning you in it all. So basically going back to the drawing board to see like, okay, what do I actually want to see? Is it, is it training me? You know, go back to what you feel about it, how you feel about it. And believe me, I experienced this too, because I'm actually a very, I want to say so many things at the same time, sorry. <laughs> I'm actually a, a very social media kind of person, but at some point I was just like, wait, this is, uh, what am I doing? Why am I posting everything? Why am I sharing so much or, you know, so really go back to you. Like, what do you feel? Is it true what you're posting? Is it true what you're seeing? Do you feel like it's true? Because everybody has their own truth and yeah, do your own research when it comes to trying to chase your goals or trying to form your own opinion. Don't go about the opinions of what people said on social media. I'm so done with that. I'm really living in my own kind of bubble right now, so to say. And on one hand, it could be very bad because when I come amongst people and they talk about certain things that happen on social media, I'm just like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. But on the other hand, I'm really, I'm just focused on the things that I, that feed me and that I can feed. We'll talk about that bubble in a second, but I, I want to circle back to you. So you've mentioned research several times now, and I'm curious to know, how does Reina do research? If, if, if you're stuck with something, well, what's the first thing you do? Obviously, if, if it's a you know, traditional problem or a tech problem, you, you go to Google, do some research. But if, if it's something more personal, more introspective, What's the first step you do? Do you go to a coach? Do you go to a circle of friends? Diego, why can't it be? No, I, I, it, it can't be, but I'm just asking you, Reina, what, 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 what's her go-to resource to I'm gonna, start off? I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick up something. Sorry for the sound if you were it, but that's gonna showcase the first thing that I do because I'm, I'm kind of a thinker and a doer. So I first go within to see, okay, why am I so confused in my head about all these things, right? All the information. I'm going to take a specific kind of, um, example, a house. I, I live here in the, in the Netherlands now for two years and the market is really, it's really tight. And I re I refuse to believe that I was not going to find a house soon. So I was just like, okay, I need to find it. And then there was, there's also the option of course to buy housing, but I was so scared to buy houses. So I had to go within like, okay, why are we scared to buy a house? I mean, you don't want to be in debt and whatnot. But then I started to write things down. I want to see if I have that one here. I don't think I have that one here to show, but I'll just show you Those something that pages. Just make sense. Yeah. Big pages. So I just try to write down in the middle, like, okay, this is the, the topic that I'm thinking about. And then to force myself to do research, because like I said, I'm a thinker and a, and a doer. So I actually want to take action, but of course you have to do your research first. So 
I, I write it down in the middle and then I, I, I Google, I talk to people, like in this case from the houses, I, I spoke to different kind of people, friends, maybe even because I was so desperate to find a house because I had to move that I, anyone who I came across, so to say, who was talking about housing, I was just saying like, okay, yeah, I'm also trying to find a house and I'm also thinking about buying and, you know, and then you get certain kind of information and that information is, is handy. Sometimes you, you get a contact person. You know, and I also then write those things down. All the information I get from people, from the internet, I just write it down to research further or to form my opinion or to actually take action. Because it, you can get overwhelmed of all the information, but when you write it down, you can read it back and you be like, okay, not this, not that, okay, yes, that. You know, you can start to take decisions and take steps and then you also know okay for example i had to know about or i had, I had to research more about what's the name in english hypotheca mortgages mortgages yes i had to research more about that like okay how much do i have to earn you know knowledge is power so you have to write it down to actually memorize it and to actually make a decision so then you know also when you write it down, what further to research. So this is, this is one of the things I do and, and just research anywhere, contact persons, family, friends. And if I, if I'm frustrated about it, I have a really uplifting circle. The people, you know, I was hanging out with Diego at Athenaeum, they're still my sisters and, you know, I just call them to have my shoulder to cry on, or I go to them if it's really frustrating, my boyfriend, my parents. Anyone. So we, yeah. we do have to ask the question then, because you, you've mentioned a couple of times, you're kind of a social media person, but at a certain point you were like, this is not it. And I think everybody kind of in our generation has had that with Facebook. If you haven't had that, I, I don't know what. So, so, okay. so talking a little bit about the bubble life and I, I wanted to leave this question for the over, overrated, underrated, but i still want to go deeply into a little bit more deeply into it. Because do you feel like the, 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 the interaction, the social media, the gossip on social media is kind of the modern day pop culture? Can you compare it to something like that? But where pop culture used to be just for the rich and famous, now it's for, for everybody. Yeah, it could be very much possible. And uh, I don't know how it was then, but I feel like it's taking really it's going to a next level next level every time you know memes coming up in a negative way and yeah it's not even fun anymore to me honestly so how's life like in a bubble what are kind of because we've dabbled a bit with it saying like okay we're gonna go off social media for a month and then you're not and that's completely different to some one of the things you're doing you're just saying like okay these kind of platforms just don't work for me I'm going to keep off them. What, what are the advantages that, that we, that, that we need to, to consider when saying like, okay, we're going to live in a bubble. First of all, it's really however you want to design your own bubble, so to say. And at first it's like, you have to get used to it, to not have the earth to post things or have to go and check. I mean, there's a faith to actually get rid of that feeling, that urge. But it really comes back to staying true to yourself and staying close to yourself, the things that you actually want to achieve. Like, for example, for me, it's, it's that I really want to have that connection with people 
I want to share stories from other people who are on a journey and then just figuring out like, okay, where do I share it? How do I share it? Do I then, if I want to share that, right? Do I then have to share certain things that are not in line with that? Or, you know, yeah, it's really defining for yourself what you're actually trying to achieve on social media. If you're also doing research on social media, then then follow people who are actually providing you with that, with that information. And if you see that you get irritated from specific kind of memes that are only talking about toxic relationships, it's not going to feed you <laughs> to actually get the, 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 the loving relationship that you want, if, for example, right? So yeah, just clean up everything here inside, go back to what do you actually want to, what do you actually want to share and what do you want to see on your newsfeed? Because it's going to push you all kind of information in any kind of form. You cannot stop it. I understand it. I'm not really on Facebook. I'm really only there for my Facebook page, but obviously I get news ads and whatsoever on my newsfeed, but I'm just not watching it anymore. Speaking of all the negativity, toxicity, and I want to connect this to, you know, we, we've talked about positivity a lot in the beginning, but there's also such a thing as toxic positivity. And at what point, in your opinion, or what are some signs would you say that people should look or identify that something becomes borderline or, or becomes some kind of toxic positivity that it starts, you know, eating away at you instead of fueling you. And with toxic positivity is meant like when it's too much or when it. Yeah. So people encouraging you in a certain way, but it, it, it looks from the surface level, like it's, you know, encouraging positive, but if you dig deeper there, there's no like value or, you know, depth to it. And it's, it's just a never ending loop. Yeah, I think, I think that's a feeling I got. Feeling. I mean, if it's. You can feel when something is actually motivating you, inspiring you to take action. And when it's not, when it's doing the opposite, then don't, don't follow it anymore. When it's too overwhelming, it's okay to, to, to say mute. <laughs> I say that you can mute posts on our people on social media as well. And that's handy because sometimes it really helps. I also had it. I wasn't, I'm not really going to say that it was, I said that positivity. Toxicity, how you say it? Toxicity, toxicity, say it again. <laughs> now I'm over my word, toxicity. <laughs> I'm not really going to say that it was that, but I just felt like there was a, a person in my timeline who was really doing well with nice signs and whatever on her, on her page, but I felt like, oh, I have to do that too, but I don't know if it's related with that, but I just muted it for, for her for, I think it was about six months and it just made me feel better. Like, okay, you're doing okay. You're, you're doing your best. And it's not always that you can go 100% for your post if you're not paying somebody else to do it. So it's okay what you're doing. So it's, it's, it's really listening to yourself as well. It's not making up excuses or anything, really staying true to yourself. Like, okay, what you're trying to achieve in your bubble in your, if you have a business or even just personal, if you want to share something or not, don't feel forced home. Yeah. I think it's, it's beautiful that you say that because I think we get caught up 
on a, sometimes even unintentionally, like you said, like there was something bothering you about the fact that her yeah. designs were so good and it makes you yeah. feel pressure <laughs> to having that similar feel. And I think that's also, also being pushed the narrative. And I think it's something that a lot of us struggle, uh, struggle with. Diego, I was wondering if it's time for an overrated, underrated. Yeah, let's go. And uh, Anil just tuned in in time. Happy New Year, Anil. Let's go for some over under. <laughs> so how this works, uh, Reina will each give you some topics, I think three each, uh, looking at the time. Yeah. And you just give us your quick take if you think it's a overrated thing or an underrated thing, like people should pay more attention to it or, you know, uh, it's bad. And of course you feel free to elaborate uh, briefly on it, especially okay. if it's on a more controversial side, but we'll start very easy. You want to kick it up, Shanluk? Sure. I, I want to jump into something that we talked, touched upon a little bit today, but not really into depth. So, uh, goal getting, like the concept of that, you have to structure a life in ways that you have to get certain goals. Is that overrated or underrated? The, what was the last sentence you said? The, the goal getting so that you really have to, there's this kind of movement that you, you set goals and you get them and the sole purpose is to get into your goals in life. I think it's overrated because firstly, I think we don't have to wait, for example, for the beginning of the year to start setting our goals. I'm really all about set your goal whenever you need like a right focus, evaluate every now and then, and just take one small step. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to start a business. No, you can also start with, okay, I want to be more organized with my household. I want to fold my clothes every, every week, instead of waiting until the next laundry bed. Those things can be also goals and maintaining your health, for example, not per se have to lose 10 kilos, you know? So I think in that way it's overrated. And that's really also what I'm trying to get into the minds of my coaches and people around me. All right. So speaking of coaches, uh, you're also a NLP practitioner and you're probably give a biased answer, but having gone through the, the you know, the professional course of NLP and everything, would you say NLP is overrated on, or underrated? It would be weird to for overrated though, Diego. I, I'm gonna say overrated because I hear it, <laughs> I hear it often, but when I did it, I was like, oh, so that's what I was doing already. And maybe, maybe I'm unique, unique or something like that, but anyone can do it and it could be very simple. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would still say overrated. Okay. I, I think it makes sense if you compare it to like something like, uh, certification, like companies for certification for companies that are actually already taking all the steps that are part of the certification process. I feel like in, in that sense, I, I can't imagine, but maybe to expand a little bit on NLP for those like me who are less familiar with it, like what's, what's the main, uh, takeaway that you need to get from, from doing it. Mostly that NLP says it's, it's neuro-linguistic programming, by the way. And it's mostly that, yeah, you could say that you can set your mind to things, anything that you like, that you can put a different definition to things, that you can step out of it. And that you mostly also, everything that you say is also part of a truth. When I say part of a truth, I mean, just what's your word, like how you, how you say things. If you use, for example, in a sentence, I do not want a toxic relationship, say 
Like I want a loving relationship. And the more you say that, the more you're installing your brain. So it's basically thinking everything, language and mindset. Okay. So let's get into the second over or under travel. Overrated or underrated? Difficult, difficult. <laughs> overrated or underrated? Maybe underrated because we see big countries, but what about the smaller countries who, where you can see a whole lot of things and experience things and not only the beautiful places, but actually talking to people. Maybe in that way, underrated. Aside from Suriname, is there a country you visited that you'd say it's highly underrated for the mainstream? Martinique, I think. Martinique is a very beautiful country. The people are so nice. Dancing, you can dance away, the night away. Yeah, Martinique. Noted. I do have to ask a side question for that one. How, how good is your French? Better if your French is not that good, will you still have the same experience? No, it doesn't matter. They, they're really friendly. They're trying to, or at least maybe it was with me because I was, I visited a friend there and she was with other friends. So maybe it was easily, easy to, to mingle, but I think they're much friendlier than in France. So they try to speak English. Awesome. Well, that's interesting. All right. For my second one, you talked about research and I, I love the example you gave with the house. And when you mentioned that the chat's been going on with, between Greg and stuff on depth. So question to you, after you've done your research and everything, is depth or slash taking alone overrated or underrated? Is it overrated or underrated? Depth. It is overrated because it doesn't have to be as heavy on you because it's an investment and if that's also an option why run away from it in this in terms of a mortgage then or do you mean debt in general in general yeah, so in, in the context of your, your mortgage buying an ha a house so would you say it's then it's under underrated yeah but in general you'd say it's overrated but for this specific case if, if i'm understanding you correctly that's why i'm yeah 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 because if it's depth in general, you have to figure out first, like, do I really need to make that depth or not? Do you, do you think there is, a, there is a difference, a societal difference between the rich and the poor on how depth is, is, is fueled? Like as in for rich people, depth is kind of an investment and for yeah. poor people, it's kind of, the depth is kind of a way to consume. Is, is that, right. is that a fair statement? Yeah. I would agree on it because the richer you get, I mean, the more debt, the more bills to pay the, I mean, it might not be debt in terms, in terms of buying clothes, because those are the debts, maybe poor people. Those are consume, consumable debts. Right. Yeah. Right. But okay. in terms of investments, if it would bring you further, then it's, it's, it's a good thing. And I'm like, I think that's a people's mindset. Okay. Interesting. To get into rich people mindset, my final overrated, underrated is New Year's resolutions. Overrated, come Overrated. I say home, but really overrated. <laughs> like I said, don't wait until January to say, okay, this year I'm going to do this and that. This thing I'm doing all year, all the, I did it for. I didn't end up the year for, for this year, but that's just because I achieved most things 
that I had going on the last time, but I actually made last year, I made, I think three of these things for, yes, this year or for the, no, not for the year, for the period. So definitely overrated. Just do it for the period of time and make it doable for yourself, you know, with small steps. Don't make a whole long list. Just a few things that you can focus on because focus is the main thing to make you feel good too. You want to have fun while doing it. It's not a must. It's like having fun while doing it. Then last one for me would be, you talked about being in a bubble and you've been working home from since you've been in the Netherlands. So virtual meetup spaces, are they overrated or underrated? Regularly rated, how do you say Properly that? rated. Properly that's, rated. That's also a fair point. Yeah. yeah. I think properly because, yeah, we're doing it. It's very easy, acceptable now for everybody everywhere. So I think properly. So Diego, what did you want to jump into Gregory's question there? What is he? Oh, he, he wants to do an extra one. Well, we actually already answered this on depth, right? I think, I think Gregory wants your opinion on it. Oh, oh, our opinion. So it's a personal thing for me. It is overrated, but that's just a, oh, just in general, that, that's just a personal standpoint I took from my personal finance journey at this point that obviously I've done my research, not all depth is bad, but my approach is to not go into unnecessary debt. And if I can find an alternative to self-fund it, that would be my first course of action. But that's why I say it's overrated. And that's just because of how the whole economic system is designed at this moment. Yeah. So I want to rephrase it. And if we look for me personally, it's overrated as well. What, what isn't, what is underrated is different ways of getting funded. I think that's something that's really underrated, like understanding where you can get money from. If you have an idea, if you want to do something, but as having depth, yeah, I wouldn't, if, if I had the opportunity to choose whether to have depth or not, even from a rich person's mindset, say like, ah, if you invest, it's, it's good. I'm like, yeah, but maybe I don't want it. <laughs> maybe I don't want to have that feeling that. I still have for the next 20 years, I have to pay debt. So it, it's more of a mental freedom for me. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I, I would yeah. be very, how would I say it? I would be very hypocritical if, if to say debt is, is overrated because I do in certain sense have, have debt, but personally I don't have any debt. I have debt in my life, but it's not that I choose that I chose it to have that debt. If, if I can leave it at that. <laughs> so, but that's, but that's yeah. really true because in our mind, it's really like a debt is a bad thing, but it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. If it comes to housing, for example, I, I really thought through like so many years, I'm not buying a house yet, but it's definitely on my list now because I really tried to get rid of that thought of, you know, before I have that money to buy a house, yeah, then you have to have really a good. You have to have a really good income, not to not to to build a house without having debt. I mean, yeah, 
that's, that's really fun. So to close things off, I'm going to steal uh, Diego's question, which he usually asks our guests is what can we expect from you? And we're not going to say in 2020 because you just told it like, it's not something you start <laughs> the year with, but what can people expect from you in the, in the near future? And also how can people reach out to you if they want to connect? Okay. What they can expect is that I will keep focusing on people's mental health. I'll keep focusing on trying to help and motivate people in any way possible. I like to start new little things and this time then from my platform, from Fearful to Phenomenal. So things like my podcast that I re recently launched, whereby I share stories of people just being on their way to their goals. And I say that it's a mental software update. So when you tune in in the podcast, it's really just taking the time for yourself and to get a moment being inspired of any kind of story and related to your own journey that you're on. Yeah, things like that. You know, a podcast, I don't know what's next. I, I can't tell you, but it will definitely be related to mental health and being on, on journey. You know, these things like giving you a reminder, if you wear this hoodie, and you can at least read it and say like, okay, I'm in this state of mind right now. Meditations, personalized meditations, I do as well to keep you focused on whatever your, 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 your mind is set on in a positive way. Yeah, that's, that's what I have for now. And then, yeah, it could be anything like shows also, I do that, not shows, hosting a program, for example, that has to do with mental health. And where people can find me, mostly on Instagram. I'm, I feel comfortable on Instagram now to share things and do lives and, and such things there. That's fearful to phenomenal. Uh, and the website, www.fxtp.nl. Awesome. We shall add those in the show description as well in, in the post. I, I do have to ask as we close this off, you can keep this very brief. How easy was it for you to start a podcast? How easy. How, well, like I said, I'm a person who just, yeah. it was, it was, it was actually easy, but I'm also a doer. I just jump into it. And when I see, oh, I need a mic. Oh, I need this kind of program. Then, you know, I do it as I go. I must say that I jumped into it with the microphone of this, actually my headset and my, and my phone. And I was lucky enough last week was my birthday and my friend told you I have an uplifting group, right? They bought me this beautiful microphone that I can use now because I was struggling with the right sound, but you know, I just, I just, you just take action and then you learn as you go. I mean, people grow with you as well. Awesome. So just jump in guys. And to close it off, final comment from Romachel. He also says this show is underrated. Thank you for the, for the rating. <laughs> I want to, I want to quickly jump in because we're not the kind of people. And that's also one of the things when you start off with a show, like one of the things, are you going to say like, will people subscribe to this channel and those kind of things? If you've made it so, if you're still watching and I, the most people that are watching now are watching on YouTube. If you're still watching this on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, come on, just subscribe, just subscribe. And of course, subscribe to Diego's channel. Also share it on social media. If you like this episode, share it with friends on WhatsApp or on Facebook or wherever you want to share it. And yeah, if you want us to, thanks for the support. But if you want us to really support, subscribe to Diego's channel. He has some awesome content on there and uh, don't forget to share it. Are doing, sorry for interrupting. It's, it's really, I've followed some of the previous episodes 
also because friends of mine were on it. And when I saw it, I was like, wait, so on this channel, on that channel, I was like, okay, I see y'all doing it. And I mean, Chandis, you're, you're always doing videos for a long while now. Diego, you are also doing certain things with, I think it was filming, photography, and such. So this combination, love up. Appreciate all the kind words, definitely. With that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you again next week uh, on Social Convos 52 in 2022. Hey. Thank you so much for being our guest. For everybody who tuned in, the comment section who had a life of its own, I think this episode. Thanks for joining in. Diego, as always, it's been a pleasure. This was Social Convos. See you back here next week. Bye-bye.